Welcome to the Maternity and Midwifery Hour, brought to you once a week by the Maternity and Midwifery Forum. This podcast is supported by Matflix, video streaming from maternity experts. All your CPD needs made easy. If you need to get your revalidation done or have a student project to complete, Matflix is the one-stop shop. And welcome everyone to this week's Maternity and Midwifery Hour. I've almost forgotten what to do. This is Series 6, Session 1, and we've had a little Christmas break. So I'd like to say a big Happy New Year to everybody. New Year's a a time of possibilities and fresh starts. We must hope that this next year is going to be a good, fresh start, good year for all of us. So welcome this evening. And and my name's Sue MacDonald, and I'm the curator for this hour and for the Maternity and Midwifery Festivals. And it's my pleasure and delight to be chairing this evening. And I'm being joined by Julie Roberts and Cara Davis from the Midwives in Mind. Here they are in all their beauty and all their look, they look so fresh and lively. It's fantastic. (laughs) And of course, what we always do to our guests first thing is put them on the spot and see if they can share a moment of the week. So could could you each share a moment of the week? Perhaps Julie would like to start. Um, okay, yes. Um, we had our interviews this week for the undergraduate midwifery course. Ooh. And it could be a trying time for anybody going for an interview. But um, <laughs> at the end of the session, at the end of the day, we had a get together with the applicants. And how was it? How did you find it? And a couple of them said, do you know what? We really enjoyed it. It was probably one of the nicest interviews we've been to. And what's more, we've made friends. We've made friends with each other and we're keeping in touch. So that was lovely. That was really nice to see that we'd helped to foster some midwifery bridges. (laughs) Well, and that's fantastic to start with because interviewing is such a stressful Mm. episode, mainly for people who have been trying to become midwives, but also for the people who are interviewing it yes. it's very hard work isn't it so yeah, well done you definitely. and your team fantastic <laughs> how about Arkara? okay so my moment of the week actually started off as a kind of sad moment but it's become a highlight so i'm moving health board in three weeks and yesterday i handed over my caseload to a colleague so i left the surgery feeling really overwhelmed yesterday and i cried a lot of the way home but as I was driving home, I was thinking of the positive experiences I've had over the last six years and the wonderful memories and moments I've had with some wonderful families. If I'm perfectly honest, at the moment, I feel like I'm finding work challenging at the moment with the demands. But it made me realise that the relationship between mid- the midwife and the families that we care for has not changed. And that's right at the heart of what we do. So it was a day when I felt overwhelmed but at the same time really felt privileged to be a midwife and it kind of just reminded me of why we do this fantastic and that's a that's such a lovely moment to share Cara because to kind of remember why you're a midwife this is what it's Mm -hmm. about and and that's really special because I think especially at the moment it's so stressful and difficult for people you you can almost forget that can't you you can 
So thank you very much for sharing that. Now, of course, I can let you have a little rest now. While <laughs> I just go through the next bit of the programme. We have a little uh, plan for this anyway. So I want to say again, a big welcome. And I want to point you, I'm going to give all of our audience some homework. And your homework is to go and have a look at the top 10 videos from last last year, the top 10 maternity and midwifery hours videos. Um, and they're, they're accessible on the website. So do go and have a look um, and see if you would have voted what our people voted for. I mean, we were looking really at how many people access the videos and the clips and, and how many how many were useful. You'll remember that this whole maternity and midwifery hour was commenced at when right at the beginning of the COVID pandemic as a way of making sure midwives and student midwives, doulas and, and, and students could link up and have some information in an accessible way. And this has carried on. And just to reiterate that everything is recorded. So if you miss anything, you can always catch up later. And if you have a look at these top 10 videos, you might even see more that you want to go and see. They'll be very useful if you have an essay to write or you have an assignment to do, or if maybe you have uh, an interview to go to, because it's a very good way of learning about something in midwifery and maternity without it being too much hard work. It might make you want to go and have a look at some books, but that's fine. That's another story. Um, and also at this point, I want to just say also we're very conscious of how hard things are in the NHS at the moment. And especially for, for our, from our perspective in the maternity services. So I want to say as we always do, but it's very truly meant a big thank you to everyone who's working so hard because it's especially difficult at the moment because we know that because the, 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 this recent COVID outbreak has been very infectious. It's meant a lot of people are sick. It means a lot of pressure comes onto the people who aren't off sick. So we know how hard that everyone's working. So another bit of homework is to look after yourself. But we've got Cara and Julie who are going to tell us all about how you can do that a little bit later. So that's fantastic. That's why we invited Cara and Julie to join us on behalf of their bigger team as well, but they'll talk about that as well. Now, just a little bit of news. We, of course, we've had the New Year's honours because it's a new year. And we've only had a few midwives who've got, got honours, but big congratulations to everybody who won honours because it does mean an awful lot. And we're aware that Victoria Cochrane, who's Director of Midwifery at Chelsea in Westminster, um, was awarded an MBE for services to midwifery. Uh, Kevin Fenton had a CBE um, for diversity and improving that. And Martin Lewis, who many of you will know from helping us deal with our money. He got a CBE, but that's very well deserved. He's not a midwife, but we'll allow that. And then Lynn, Lynn Red, Radbourne, Radbone, I think, MBE for services to premature babies. And Marion Copeland, who had a BEM, she's a North Bristol midwife and she's supported a milk donor scheme. And then a lady called Hayley Hale, who had a BEM for an, setting up an online baby group in Oxford. So it's really good. There is some maternity and midwifery news there. And another piece of news is on the 17th of January, which is next week, there's a debate in Parliament on midwifery and midwives. And that was as a result of a petition that many of you will have signed. Um, and it was set up 
by the people who did the March for Midwives last year. Many of you will have gone on that march, if not in person, on your very feet, virtually, I'm sure. So watch out for the petition uh, and maybe watch that if you can on, on the um, TV. And at the moment, it's very. there's a lot of news about COVID lockdown into 2020. And for some of you, that will be a very difficult reminder. Um, so, again, we're thinking about that as well. On to something a little bit more lightweight today. And I reminded Julie about this. <laughs> it's National Hot Tea Day. Did you ever know there was such a thing as a National Hot Tea Day? It could have been made for midwives. The only thing that would improve it would be National Hot Tea and Cake Day. Because we know what midwives like. I'm speaking on myself. And it's also, I don't know if I'll pronounce this correctly, vegan vegetarian month vegetables in january month i can't say the word so celebrate your veggie veggies and actually try out some vegan eating this month it's very much has been in the news hasn't it about reducing the amount of meat we eat because it's helping our planet so it's worth having a go at this some vegan things are very delicious and some of them include cake i'll say no more it's also Get a Balanced Life Month. Who knew these things existed? But they do. And I think that's going to be very much on the agenda this evening. Now, we're very aware that our maternity units have been working full stretch because of COVID. There's been high levels of sickness and shortage of staff and obviously staff. So we were very aware for that for midwives and student midwives and MSWs. And we need to think about mental health and well-being. And we've got two fantastic speakers to share some ideas and strategies that might help you. So I'm delighted first to welcome Julie Roberts. Now, Julie came into midwifery as a second career, worked in retail for a number of years. I'm not sure which retail, but maybe she'll share that. Mm -hmm. She found um, the direct entry path and she's not looked back. She's a midwifery lecturer at Bangor University, loves working with the students and clinical midwife colleagues. She's worked as, an, as, as a midwife within Betsy Cadwaller, University yes, well done. well done. Yeah, good. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> and she's rotated between antenatal, intrapartum, postnatal care, and she's got a long term commitment and interest in the well being of colleagues and particularly in student integration into the placement environment. Really key. I've noticed quite a few tweets from students in the last few weeks about the anxieties of going into the clinical area at the moment, especially mm. while midwives are so stressed. And Cara Davis, who is, who's been with us before as well. She's a community midwife within Anurin Bevan University Health Board and a prompt midwives facilitator. Her interest lies in continuity of care and well-being for families and staff. And she's currently training for the London Marathon. Is that true? Oh, no, was that, that, that didn't happen, but I'm going to go through that later. <laughs> Good. Excellent. And she's one, also one quarter of midwives in my mind, which they're going to talk about in a moment. So uh, without much further ado, I'm going to say a big welcome to you both. The screen is now yours. Lovely. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you for inviting us. Thank you, Julie. 
So thank you, Sue, for inviting us back. And I'm absolutely delighted to be back here again with you. So I'll start off this evening um, explaining what Midwives in Mind is and how we developed. For anyone that has never heard of us or did not watch the last programme back in July. So if you could, uh, thank you, Julie. So in December 2020, uh, we started a RCM Midwifery Leadership and Development Programme. This is a yearly programme. The purpose is to enhance leadership skills of future leaders and develop innovative ways to improve maternity services. Myself and Julie, along with Dr. Tina South and Stacey Keane, who unfortunately are not able to be with us this evening, were putting a group together from the Steer Group. So the purpose of putting this group is to develop an idea. It was an idea that was originally created by Stacey Keane, which focused on employee wellbeing. Employee wellbeing was very much needed in maternity services even before the pandemic, but we need it even more now. We're not experts in mental health or well-being, but we are four midwives. We are passionate about finding ways in which we can nurture and support each other. And our aim is to improve the mindset of midwives, help create routines and positive habits. We are all working under pressure during the pandemic and we increase levels of stress, staff shortages and increasing demands. And also the families that we care for are frightened. They don't want to catch COVID while pregnant and they're concerned by the restrictions on birth partners attending labour with them. And because we care, we worry about them too, and that impacts on us. On top of all that, we've all got personal lives too, and that impacts on how we are feeling. So midwives in mind, we know we aren't going to solve the midwifery crisis, but we feel that if one of our posters changes the mindset of someone for that day, or it has a positive effect on someone, then we've done the job that we set out to do. Personally, Midwives in Mind has helped me. When we started the leadership programme, due to the pandemic, I was finding it very difficult to achieve a work-life balance. I was a midwife. I was part of a community team that's very close-knit, but at home, my husband was shielding, and I was finding it very difficult to fulfil my role as a midwife and keep my family safe. So I felt fortunate that I was putting a group focusing on self-care at a time when I was not looking after myself. It really made me think more about why it's vital to look after myself and how can this positively impact the people around me. Can you put the next slide on, please, Julie? Okay, so initially our idea was pi piloted in Cumtaf Magano, where Stacey works. Our focus is on four main areas, which is better sleep, physical activity, eating well, and mental well-being. Following on from this, we then rolled out our project into the areas where we, me, Julie, and Tina South work. So this is where we are now. So this is the social media side of Midwives in Mind. So in previous years, at the end of the leadership course, delegates would present their projects to each other in person. However, due to COVID restrictions, we were not able to do this in the usual way. So I had an idea once the programme finished to set up a group where we could present our posters so that anybody that wanted information about employee well-being could access the posters at any time. So I just uh, suggested that Instagram might be a good platform for us to do this. The project was called Employee Wellbeing. But after the brainstorming session and a few different name changes, we became midwives in mind. After an overwhelming response on Instagram, Dr. Tina South developed a Twitter account and later we set up a, a Facebook group also. Everything seemed to evolve very quickly and we never anticipated the response that we got and it's been brilliant and we can't believe it. So I'm going to hand you over now to Julie. 
Hi, thanks, Cara. So, as, as Cara mentioned, it was from this leadership programme that it all developed the OCM and Welsh Government Leadership Programme. And through that, um, I can only have what I can describe as a, an awakening, really. Um, we'd come together as like-minded people, having experienced, as Cara mentions, challenges in our personal and professional lives. Um, myself, for my position, I was a, a full-time carer, um, but also holding down a full-time lecturing post. Um, and I couldn't see the positive in many things. Um, life was quite challenging and difficult. Um, and it was through this programme and through working with people like Cara and Stacey and Tina that that helped me to discover the positive in myself. Um, another factor that was really changed me um, was the idea of coaching within the programme. Um, I myself have been plagued by doubts that we all have. You know, am I good enough? I'm not very brave. I'm not a trailblazer. I, I definitely had some imposter syndrome. Um, and when talking to somebody, and I think that's an important element of what we, we talk about here, is, is talking to somebody else. Once that is, is vocalised, it makes it so much easier to grab hold of and deal with. And when I talk to my coach about this, these feelings of, of inadequacy and not feeling brave, she took this in and she said, right, OK, let's go back to the beginning. How did you come to midwifery? And I told my life story and all the things that have happened, including, you know, uh, problems in work, money problems, the, the breakdown of a marriage, all these things that happen in life. But finally, I said, I got to be a midwife. And she stopped and she said, well, that's brave, isn't it? Do you not think what you've done is brave? And all of a sudden, I could see what my self-worth was. And through seeing that, I could see I could allow myself some self care as well um, it really was a, a, a light bulb moment for me um, because I'd realized that um, you know as I'd become removed from who I was I'd also become removed from the people around me um, so I started to reframe my thoughts about myself to become more positive from a more positive stance um, and quickly realized that my sense of self became more important to me not only to myself, but to others. Um, I, I was reading Dr. Jan Smith's book the other day, uh, Nurturing Maternity Staff, which is a fantastic read, it really is. Um, and she, she noted that staff, when overtaken by stress and anxiety, we may see like a, a witness a, a lessening of emotional resources and possibly a lack of empathy. Um, and I could see that in myself, you know, as we care less for ourselves, inevitably, we care less for others. Um, and, and this was a position I didn't want to be in. I'd recognised this and, and I knew things had to change. So taking those first steps of acknowledging this, you know, it's invaluable. Recognising the, the barriers to achieving your own well-being and, and own optimal mental health, um, but also recognising the facilitators as well, looking at the positives, what helps you to have sound well-being and good mental health that's so important so working in in the university um it was pleasing to see when we started to develop the um new program for the to align to the new nursing midwifery standards it was really pleasing to see that a similar care approaches um and the recognition of achieving self-care and, and well-being 
had become a part of the regulatory guidance. Um, the NMC standards um, talk about the need to manage personal and emotional challenges of work and workload, uncertainty and change, and incorporate self compassionate self-care into their personal professional life, and to recognise and respond to vulnerability in self and others. And this really was something that we had, you know, were setting out to do. So it was a natural step then to incorporate this approach into the education landscape for midwifery students. And this has resulted in um, we, our new validated um, practice assessment document having a separate section, its own section for self-care for the student, where we've harnessed some of the ideas and some of the toolkits for um, well-being and good mental health. One of them is the, the PERMA model here. PERMA was born from the, the study of um, positive psychology and human flourishing. And I love that phrase, human flourishing. I think it's fantastic. Um, and its leading protagonist, Dr. Martin Seligman. And, and the concept, the ethos of, of positive psychology is the scientific study of the strengths and virtues that enable individuals and communities to thrive. The field is founded on the belief that people want to lead meaningful and fulfilling lives and cultivate the best in themselves and enhance their work and their play and their love, all those experiences. And later on, this was adapted to have, it, and originally it was the P-E-R-M-A, and later on it was adapted to have the, the H for health. So P, positive emotions, improving well-being, engagement, doing things that we enjoy. So really taking time to, to, to partake in hobbies, relationships, authentic, energizing connections with others, meaning, so a connection to something that's bigger than ourselves that we can be part of, accomplishment, that belief and ability to do things that matter to us, and obviously health, eating well, exercise and well-being. We also looked at another very simple approach, which I've adopted, and it, I must admit, I, I was a bit um, reluctant at first. I thought, this, this is not going to work, but it, it's been a fantastic thing to do, is the three good things approach. So three good things asks you to either at the end of the shift or at the end of the day, think about three good things. The so one thing that you've enjoyed, and that could be anything, such as somebody leaving an open box of chocolates in the staff room. Um, one thing that went well, you know, I, I, <laughs> I actually found a car parking space today. Um, one thing that you're grateful for. So, for example, the SHO says, don't worry, I'll take the points. Something as simple as that, but it's those little things that put you on that positive note, put you on that positive ground. And I've adopted it at home. You know, my husband and I talk at night and say, go on then, so what are your three things? And I'll tell you my three things. But it just lightens the atmosphere. It lightens the load and lightens the conversation. They're so important. But we know, as Sue has mentioned, we know that midwives and maternity care providers are facing challenges out there more so than ever at the moment um, and I think the, we were talking the other day you know that this initial high where people were showing their appreciation for NHS staff uh, at the start of Covid that seems to maybe have ebbed away uh, and we're left in a little bit of a limbo but still expecting to do the role. Um, we as a just in preparation for this um, this evening 
uh, did a short survey on an Instagram page. And although not a large cohort, the figures coming back were indicative of the findings that you know you see in things like the Wellness Study and Hunter's work uh, and in other reports. Um, when asked around, um, you know, questions about do you feel supported in work? Do you have a good work-life balance? Um, do you make enough time for self-care? These were the results we got back. So 80% of people felt that they, they do not make enough time for self-care. 91% that said that current demands at work does impact how they feel. 71% said they did not feel supported in work. And 75% said they could not achieve a work-life balance. And that's, that's really worrying, you know, and, and it's not a great place to be in. So we are striving to maybe put a little bit of a silver lining around that cloud. Um, it may be a small thing that we can offer, but we really hope that it does make a difference to people, um, you know, that it, it can change sometimes just at, at the outlook. If you're coming, feeling alone that day or, or feeling that nobody understands, we're there and um, we hope to be able to offer that sort of help. I'll hand back over to Cara. Thank you, Julie. So we really need more than ever now to make time to reach out and support each other. Looking at what units are doing individually to help support their staff, but we find that an increasing number of units are making time for things such as um, an end of shift work huddle. So it's an opportunity for staff to thank each other for the work they've done today. They can discuss any worries and a time to reflect on how staff felt in a safe space and safe environment before they go home at the end of the day. This also allows an opportunity for a senior member staff to highlight any concerns about an individual member of the team, and this can be addressed personally. Have an opportunity to discuss the day. It may help the team let go of some of their thoughts before they go home. Also as well, it's really important for conversations about well-being to be embedded into maternity service, and it needs to be open and honest conversations on a regular basis. So it's vital that we are led right now by caring, compassionate leaders who let the staff discuss their feelings in a way that they're not judged and looking at personal and religious beliefs. Um, and management need to have the knowledge to signpost staff to appropriate support. And there needs to be more training for all staff to recognize signs of mental health in not just others, but in themselves also and how we can address this if we are concerned by someone. If you could pass over to yeah. the slide, please, Julie. So this evening, we'd like to share with you some practical tips and ideas of how to help with your well-being. Hopefully, this evening, you'll take away one or two of our ideas and try some things for yourself. I could sit here for hours telling you different things that we've kind of brought together over the last year in different ways. So. I think I'll sort of start off by talking about a morning and evening routine. So your routine before your shift and at the end of the day. So you may find you start at seven o'clock in the morning and you don't have long to get ready in the morning. Or you may find you work a little bit later and you have got that time for a proper morning routine. The way we start our day can set up our mood for how we're going to feel for the rest of the day. So even if you've got 10 minutes or an hour and you can adapt some things. So looking into kind of routines washing your face as soon as you get out of bed just having that cold water on your on your face can really refresh how you're feeling you could do some morning stretches which only will take a couple of minutes but it can really help and it's fun drinking a glass of water so cold glass of water in the morning can really help 
And another thing is don't rush your breakfast. And it may be, you may not have it till later on in the morning, maybe 10 o'clock on your shift, but having a little bit later, but sitting down and properly having a breakfast before you, you go to work or in the morning. So I know when I used to work in the hospital, I used to work with a um, healthcare support member staff. And every morning on our shift on the ward, she would always lay the table. She put a tablecloth, she'd put plates down, she'd have cups. And you knew that when you were working with her, probably around 10 o'clock, you knew that she was getting ready and everybody on that shift, she would make sure that everybody sat down, they had a drink, they had a piece of toast and you just refuel for the rest of the day. And, and I know to a lot of staff that meant a huge thing. And it was just a tablecloth on the table, but it really made you think, oh, well, now it's time for breakfast because you'd be up and down the ward, you'd see that table ready and it kind of reminded you, yes, I do need a break. Now I need to sit and have my breakfast in and refresh for the, the rest of the, the shift day. So going now to the end of the day, so I've discussed already about work huddles, but after the shift, even on a normal day, we do tend to overthink things. We relive the day and we think about what we did, what could we have done, and we question any mistakes that we've made. When we're anxious, we turn on ourselves and give ourselves a hard time. We don't put any focus into the things that went well that day. It may only be five minutes that was a bad day, but you will go home thinking of that five minutes rather than the rest of the day having positive experiences. It's very difficult to separate our personal and professional lives, but we need to make an effort and discipline ourselves to try and switch off for the sake of our physical and mental well-being. So once you've left the hospital and you're on your way home, you could start by playing some feel-good music. So last summer, we created a Midwives in Mind feel-good playlist. So um, it's on Spotify. So if anyone would like to listen to this, then you can... Go on that on your way home, have a listen. There's some really, really good uplifting songs which you can listen to. And I think it's just good to have that music on on your way home then. As soon as you get in from work, having a shower or relaxing soak in the bath and changing into comfortable clothing is important now that you're thinking about recharging your batteries and unwinding. It's been found that being organised for your next day, such as getting your clothes and bags ready for tomorrow, means there's one last thing for you to think about and one less thing on your mind can make you feel a bit better. A big one is switching off your phone in the evenings as well, or even um, just turning off your notifications. I know I'm really bad for having my phone there, and if I see a flash in and there's another notification, it would have that tendency just to look at my phone. But if that doesn't flash, then I, I wouldn't look at it so much. So that's something that I personally need to do. Looking at your phone in the evening can overstimulate your mind. Flicking through social media can cause you to overthink, compare yourself to others and create negative thought patterns which can be detrimental upon you. Writing down how you feel that day. So maybe after a difficult shift, you could write your thoughts down on a piece of paper or keep a journal. And it has been found as a positive way to release overwhelming thoughts and help you let go of them. So you can go back maybe and you may you may not want to read them again or you may find that you want to go back and see how you felt and how you are progressing and then lastly then so five minutes of meditation at the end of the day has been proven to calm the nervous system it helps you to recognize your thoughts and release them so there's so many apps available online readily if you to support you to help you to meditate and five minutes is not saying about doing things for hours every evening just that five minutes taking yourself to a quiet space, to a quiet room can help you to sort of gather your thoughts. 
and also going to sleep early and making sure whether you sleep in a room that's clean, tidy and no clutter. And just remember, it's important to try and accept the day for how it went. Likelihood is you went to work and did your best that day. And that's all that matters, really. That's the most important. You did your best. So I'm going to go on to physical activity now. So personally, for me, physical activity is very important. And this is my biggest area of self-care. So I really believe that being physically active can improve your physical and mental health. I enjoy challenging myself and I really enjoy seeing the progress of when I exercise. So last July, um, I pretty much stopped exercising totally and it's not like me to do that. The current challenges in maternity services left me feeling burned out. I was always tired. I felt overworked. And as a result, I felt lazy when I got home. And the last thing I wanted to do was go running. And unfortunately, I withdrew from the London Marathon, which was very disappointed because it was just the way I felt and I just couldn't mm. face training for a marathon and I'm so disappointed but it was how I felt at the time and it was the right decision that I made but um I got in a vicious circle of feeling lethargic even though logically I knew being active would make me feel better I just could not get out of that cycle and it was until about November that I stopped doing nothing and I, I gained weight I felt terrible but I got back to being physically active in around November so it did carry on for a while but I'm getting back there now I don't like to set myself big goals because I find it can be overwhelming. But this year I started writing to-do lists and every day exercise is the top of my to-do list. And so far I have exercised almost daily and I do feel completely different there already. So I returned to doing weight training and I've got a love of running again. So while I'm not telling everybody to go and train to do a half marathon, like today was a beautiful sunny day. It was a cold, crisp winter morning. Get out and go for a walk maybe start a couch to 5k program just get yourself moving a little bit more or if you don't want to go out you like doing things in the comfort of your home you can go on youtube and there's so many quick and easy accessible exercises that you can do so think about activities that you enjoy doing because i think if you enjoy doing something it doesn't become a chore and that's half the battle and you're more likely to keep going and and doing that can I have the next slide please julie so on our social media platforms, we post regular posters, quotes, daily routines, which you can see on here. If you look on our page, we've got so many different ones of evening routine, morning routines, managing anxiety. And these are just some examples of what we do create. So we would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your positive quotes and any posters you create, whatever ideas you have to help with well-being. We'd love to share them on our platforms and, and give everybody the chance to have a go at creating some of these and last slide please julie so it's just really important to um just remind us that we're currently dealing with unprecedented and complex times mm -hmm. and it can be very challenging to deal with anxiety depression while midwives in mind we offer support and practical ideas to help you think about ways in which you can look after yourself it is vital to open up conversations with your family friends colleagues, manager, or your GP, if you find coping strategies are not effective or they do not improve your, your levels of anxiety or depression and your, your mental health and well-being is being affected. So here are some um, useful contact numbers for anybody that is seeking any confidential and emotional support. And just a final thought that asking for help does not make you weak. It really is a strength. And lastly, people don't fake depression. People fake being okay.
Thank you. And that's a, I think that's a really good point to finish with, Cara. The kind of it's it's okay not to be okay. Absolutely. I know it's, it's some of these words that you'll hear kind of become, uh, you know, almost meaningless because people say them. But if you think about what that means, I think that that's really important. Because, and, and being able to talk to people. And thank you for those, those resources also, um, because that'll be very useful for people. Because even, and I suppose I'd address myself to the audience, there is time to put questions in. We haven't had any through. You're obviously looking at, you're just absorbing all those fantastic slides, um, <laughs> which is great. And I, I wanted, I was, I was just thinking as you were talking about your, your description of being very um, active and then losing it somehow and then regaining it. And I was thinking that's, that's a really good example of, you know, you think you're okay and you, you, you've got everything under control and you're running or you're walking, you're exercising, and then something isn't right. And maybe, maybe that's purely pressure of work and balancing everything else that's going on. And of course, um, many midwives who are women, it, it falls even more on you, I think, as a woman to keep everything going, keep everything balanced, doesn't mm. it? Mm. Um, and I like the sort of idea of the little goals that you had. And I was thinking, because I started the, um, uh, from couch to, to 5K, I haven't quite got there, but I'm, I'm going getting there. But I, I'd agree that it's, you know, you do have to do it in a gradual way and think, mm about where you're going with it and you do feel better when you've got out and you've achieved something but you have to find your own activity yeah. whatever it is because for some people it might be running I never mm. I was never going to be a runner and anybody who knew knows me would think how can you be running but there we are that's me and I, I like actually your your music um, tracks I can remember you putting that out last year it might be worth putting it out again yeah I think I will um, yeah just just to remind people I mean it, it it's it's also I think and I ha we haven't had any queries about that but I wonder if all midwives can access midwives in mind as easily because you do now Spotify I don't do that and um, Instagram I don't do but Facebook and Twitter I do but I'm also aware from talking to colleagues that some people are very frightened of enlisting in things like Twitter because they think it might come into the house and grab them or something <laughs> or, or and Facebook is, is I know quite popular with midwives, but how, how would you encourage, how would you encourage midwives and students to get into using social media with that perspective? Do you have any ideas? Or were you frightened of using Twitter? It took me a I, long time to get yeah, into it. I, I, yeah, I don't think I was, uh, was as tech savvy, really, as some of the others. Um, I mean, Ka Cara has become our, our, we call her our Canva queen, because she just makes <laughs> these wonderful posters. She does. Using, you know, the Canva. She's fantastic. So it took me a little bit of time. But I think it, it's, it's finding people, finding those little fonts of knowledge that are willing to share, like mm. with anything else, finding mm. those little fonts of knowledge that are willing to take the time uh, and share with you. And then once you dip, dip your toe in, um, 
you, you, your confidence builds and you start to um, you start to see the results as well you know where I, if I posted something or if I sent something it's lovely to, to see things you know appearing so yeah it, I, I think um, finding a, a a mentor a tech mentor <laughs> <laughs> would, be, would be a good thing somebody that can guide you I think is, yeah it's useful how about Cara, the, the, the queen of posters? <laughs> um, do you kind of mean in the way of kind of people that don't access the social media generally? Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I, how would you, I mean, do you think it's worth midwives going and do it, getting onto Twitter and Facebook and Instagram? Because I know people are anxious about it. Yeah. They are, but we do... Um, we do blogs in in kind of um, like the practice in midwives, so it's not all the social media. We've in the RCM magazine, we've had articles, so we do try and reach out to people. And also, we went to the uh, maternity festival last mm. September, so of course, we are trying to <laughs> the audience not just on social media because I know it's not for everybody, and mm. some people don't like it, and that's just a personal preference. We try and get round to everyone, yeah, in in all ways. Yeah, I mean it's such it's so good. I mean, I, I enjoy Twitter because when you fly out a little little bon mot, a little a message in the morning, it's it's really nice because I can sit and think, ah, oh, okay, I have to think about that. It's a really good good. Um, I, yeah. I find it's the easiest one to interact with people. Very easy to interact yeah. and, and yeah. gauge a conversation between people and just getting information out there. So I think yeah. they're all good in different ways. They've all got. Yeah, I think as you you say, Twitter's great for sharing resources, um, you know, being put onto new resources and, and being given tips about new resources. That, that it's fantastic for that, and I've learned a lot from that. I definitely, it's been a steep learning curve for me. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it, it's been enjoyable. It's been really oh, that's grand. Anyway, I've, I've got one question's come through from Suzanne. Hi, Suzanne. And I'm looking over here because I've got, I have two screens. I'm Sue, two screens here. Um, and Suzanne says, you mentioned about an end of shift huddle, which is a great idea on wards, but can you make any suggestions for community-based midwives? We could do it virtually. We could send out a team invite to, to the team. Mm. So you may find at the end of the day, you end up in a clinic. You could be going to a home birth, but I think maybe it is something we should look at doing where we sent out a team invite. We could do that seven o'clock in the evening when we're all at home and, and doing it that way. I spoke to a team in Barry that are playing star team and they work out on the community and they do um, virtually they do karaoke nights. Ah. So <laughs> a team huddle. They, they do these that way. I think they've yeah. had bingo. So they've done a lot of different things. So I think maybe using that socially because we are, as community midwives, we are generally everywhere. We're not leaving the board at the same time. That's so, true. That's something to think of, which um, yeah. I thought of before. I suppose that's the one benefit of COVID is we've got a lot more creative about some of the means of linking up. Absolutely. So yeah. Zoom doesn't have a fear for us anymore, <laughs> which is grand. No. It makes it mm. makes it very good. Mm. I mean, I, I was quite um, what I was thinking as you were talking about, uh, and I'll just remind the audience that because you may know that Maeve O'Connell did a really nice session which included some meditation and I know that's available on on the um on the page 
And we'll just perhaps flag it up as something that might be useful because that's just three or four minutes of just centering and just relaxing. Because I think that I guess we all have to make the most of the time we have. And if you've got only got a minute or two and you're going, you need to just center down. If you've got half an hour, well, you can do a little bit of exercise or maybe do a little bit of journaling. Mm. or maybe do um, some painting or something, something creative, because it's getting, especially if your brain's in a little muddle, just getting some something clear, clear in your brain can help. I don't know yeah, whether definitely. you'd want to add anything on that. Yeah, just, definitely. Sorry, sorry, Julie. No, go on, go on. I just glanced at my phone and there's a message on there off Stacey. So she suggested that community midwives could maybe meet in a local park and go for a walk, and that's the oh. end of pedal. So there, Suzanne. Go and meet in the park. <laughs> <laughs> and, and good for people that don't like social Absolutely. media and um, using Teams. Wow, mm. that's fantastic! Well, fantastic idea. Thank mm. you for that. That's grand. Oh, we've got a couple of questions coming through. We've got Sipan, who says, "I'm currently an access student. I'm going to start my midwifery course in September 2022." Great. Well Welcome done. to the family. Um, when going on placement for the first time, how was the feeling and what was it like? Crikey, that's a big question, Sipan. Mm. <laughs> it, it, yes, it, it, it is. It's, um, it's a mix. I remember it's a mix of excitement, but some trepidation, some anxiety. What am I going to meet? What's going to be waiting for me? And that idea, and I think this is something that if we could really dig inside ourselves and always try to just pull out the positive. Think about how people see us. Um, I always remember my grandmother used to say, you catch more bees with honey than with vinegar. And it's so <laughs> important to always try and be positive. And if you can welcome people onto the wards in that vein, if you can be that positive person that puts the students at ease, I'm sure you'll meet those people. You'll find those people on the wards. They're always there with a welcoming smile. And, you know, um, but it's, it's so exciting, and It really is. It's, um, you know, when you, you put that uniform on um, and you step through those doors, you started your journey. And that, that's mm. fantastic. You know, it's, uh, and there are people there that will support you. You know, that there are some people come into midwifery for a reason, that, that people are drawn to midwifery. And there's that innate need to care um mm. and as they care for the women they'll care for you as well and you'll find those people you know you'll navigate to those warm people and oh, it's I'm really so sorry no, it's really important to remember that every qualified midwife every hca every mm -hmm. doctor all started there themselves so yeah when there's a student they first did they all understand how you feel in your shoes and they that they're to support you so you're not on your own. Everybody's walked through that door for the first time. Yeah. I, mean, that, I think that's lovely, a lovely way of putting it. And, I mean, I suppose the only thing is, Sepal, and it, it's Sepan, sorry, it, that's absolutely so. You'll find people will be welcoming and will be really enjoying having a student around and teaching you. But remember, sometimes people have off days or just an mm -hmm. off half an hour and you just need to be kind of aware of that. But they'll most of people will be with you with open arms and want to, to look after you. And it, it is exciting and scary all in one package, really. Yeah. So I'm welcome to the family. I'd yeah. Say. 
<laughs> okay. And Deb Murray says she wants to say hello to Julie and pass on my gratitude for my, <laughs> her support and empathy during my training, even when she was experiencing some difficulties in her personal life. She's had so much time for her students and she's sending you a kiss. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you, Deb. Thank you. <laughs> that's lovely. That's a real oh, testimonial. Thanks. Well done, Deb. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Thank welcome. You. And then we have Sharon Goen. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Sharon is saying we are currently doing a self-care module in our curriculum and I'm a first year student. Well, good on it. That's, that's a really good. That's, that's great. a really good example. Oh, we would love to see that if you could ever share yeah. that with us. Yeah, yeah, so okay, really so your homework, Sharon, is to get <laughs> onto one of the social media platforms and just share something of what the, the module's like from your mm. perspective. That'd be really good. Fantastic. If you've got any posters, we'd love to share them for you. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> okay, fabulous. And then we have Siobhan, Siobhan Lewis, and she's saying, I find actually scheduling in self care, physically putting it in your diary or phone calendar helps me to stick to it that's now a that's a idea. really good oh, idea yeah. that is a good idea yes it's, definitely yeah definitely so it's I'd recognizing be, that isn't it it's recognizing that opportunity and making it work for yeah, you absolutely yeah. I mean I'd be interested to know how much time Chevron you actually schedule in for yourself for that mm. self-care but that's fantastic yeah fab okay and then I've got Royce in Ro it might be Roshan Lennon. I'm sorry if I've not pronounced your name correctly, but it's spelt Roisin, and I don't think my pronunciation is correctly. Thank you, ladies. Some lovely new self-care tips. I've been a midwife a long time, and since COVID, I've had several heightened anxiety days that have been added to by highly scared pregnant mums. So I've bought into mm. mindfulness, big style, and the five-minute body scan has helped. Presumably... I hope it's Rasheen for you and your mums, maybe. I don't know if anyone do, do, would you want to do you know about the, the uh, mindfulness scan? The five no, not the five, five minute. Five body minute. Scan. That'd be that'd be interesting. Yeah, that'd be great. Well okay, yeah. Rasheen, we need some more information on yeah, that five Rasheen, minute body that, scan. <laughs> send that forward. Sounds interesting. Sounds really interesting. Mm. <laughs> you see that now you just need to grow the body of midwives in mind by the sound of it, don't you? <laughs> a little bit more i mean i had i love the human flourishing um, yeah. aspect julia i really thought, thought that was really nice and in fact the three good things I, had, I i wasn't quite seeing how the perma bit i can see how that fits in as a curriculum because you'd have threads presumably through but mm. the three good things felt very practical yes yeah, a very it is, simple thing. Yeah, it, it, it is. It, it's something that you can easily grab hold of and it, it can become such a, and it easily become part of your day, you know, it, without mm. thinking about it almost. I mean, we, we do it automatically now. Mm. Um, it's such an easy, yeah, an accessible thing to be able to get your head around and, and utilize. Um, but it's surprising. If I, I, as I say, I was a bit dubious at first, but. Um, I'm surprised at the effect it has because it does it just takes that conversation into a positive realm um, and changes your mindset yeah. I suppose the only thing is do you get anyone when you if you're sharing that would you get anyone saying oh you're always so positive 
<laughs> oh, you always get those people. <laughs> You're too positive. We might not be right with the ripple effect, though, that you are too positive and it will impact on others yeah good that's a good point Cara and uh, you're so positive (laughs) wonderful okay Jane hi Jane she says what are the strategies a student can have or do in a toxic labor placement it's made so challenging most times and hence not creating a positive learning environment that's that's really hard I know you know we all we all know people like that don't we we all know we've come across I think it's finding Jane finding those those little beacons of of light or hope within that environment because they will be there they're probably feeling just as you are um that they're running against the tide but they're doing it you know that they're there they're trying to provide the best care that they can um they're they're sort of like-minded souls so I think gravitate to those people that are going to build you up you know some that that old saying some people are drains and some people are radiators you know gravitate to the radiators um and and they will help to build you build you up but it's i mean this is something that it it can't be resolved on 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 that level it's you know labor ward or any ward culture um it's a massive problem in in a number of of areas and it it needs to be tackled from the sort of top down in a way you know it needs to be recognized for a start and not brushed brushed away Um, maybe regular well-being conversations with staff may help that and Mm -hmm. find the root of why they feel this way yeah Mm. i mean i think you mentioned the whelm report which some viewers may have uh, heard about and it's well worth reading um, and this was uh, Billy Hunter and uh, who yeah. led led it with, uh, and it's a an international project mm. that was looking at well being and how midwives felt um, mm. across Australia and yeah. I think I can't remember which which European it was a European place yeah, as well as the UK yeah was it Scandinavia I can't remember yeah but they but they were found they found there was a lot you know people were burned out so it may yeah. be. Jane, that you're experiencing a team that might be in that situation that needs some some TLC themselves, but actually mm. some, like Cara says, some addressing of the culture. Yeah. Um, because sometimes, you, and, and sometimes you get into this sort of negative feeling because people sit down in a group and they'll start a moan session mm. and, and it, it sort of spirals down. And I think sometimes people get why they've come into midwifery and get kind of pulled down by it instead yeah. of and this is why I think the three good things might perk up some people they might break mm. that cycle I know Cara looks a little bit mm. um not sure about that one I was just thinking maybe I should write them in my diary at the end of my shift and then I okay. look back then I can think of why that on that day so if I'm having a bad day I can look and and, and kind of think why did I feel good that day and, and not so good? This was different and what can I do to change that? Because, mm. mm-hmm. of course, some students are being take, are doing uh, reflective journals as well, aren't they? Yes. In some, though it varies yeah. through, through the country. But yeah. hopefully, Jane, that might help. I hope. I hope. And Sepan's coming, coming back for, for more. She's, I've been journaling for over a year. Now, this is a very good example. Thank you, Sepan. Mm. That's perfect. 
I've been journaling for over a year now. And when I look back at a year ago, the way I used to approach situations is so different from mm. then to now. I feel if I didn't journal, I would not be doing as positively as I am now compared to then. It's good to, for mental health as well. Well, that's a yeah, beautiful definitely. example. Yeah, that's brilliant. Our, that's our comment of the day. So thank you very yeah. much, Satan. Okay, and then we've got somebody who's saying... Who have we haven't got a name? Any advice on how to calm down the nervousness when getting interviewed by universities? This is perfect for Julie. <laughs> <laughs> My advice, I think I always say to, to the cohorts that come through, the applicants, don't forget you're interviewing us as well. Ah. Don't forget that you know that you have to feel happy. You, you, you three years of your life, you want to know that you're going to be settled feel happy with what's what's you know being given to you you feel happy in the cohort you're going to be in and the tutors and it's just as important for you to, to think about that but I think you know there's a reason you've got to the interview stage because there's lots of stages up to that point so, you know the application the personal statement you've obviously shown something that they're interested in you've obviously you know set off a glimmer so look at that look at the positive in that uh, and take that through with you into the interview because that will shine if you look like mm. you're happy to be there and you really want to be there that will shine through Beautiful. thank you thank you just That's remember fantastic. they're not there to catch you out they are there <laughs> no. to get to know you they, they don't want to shock you and if you do not answer they want to know about you and asking questions is the way that they're going to find that out in that, that short period of time so just yourself yeah fabulous i suppose i'd also add that if you're nervous it makes your adrenaline go faster and your brain works slightly faster so it makes you better at answering questions yes. sometimes five them off. maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe okay we've got two more two more comments questions uh diane garland hi diane hope you're well <laughs> and she says i know it's been a tough time for so many colleagues and although i only work for the bank nowadays i do interact on facebook so if a technophobe like me <laughs> can do it at, i'm not going to give the age diane at all. <laughs> then it's a useful way to connect thanks for your wise words thank you diane oh, thank it's you lovely to hear from you <laughs> and then we have claire dale hi claire how are you um, and she says we're the university reflection day during each placement to regroup and discuss the positives and the negatives. Really good. Yeah, really good, good idea. Yeah, very fantastic. Good idea. And very haven't good. we had some fantastic comments and questions? So yeah, well done to great. the audience. Yeah, I can't believe, well I cannot believe. Now, this is our first time back for Series 6. Yeah. And I want to say a huge, huge thank you to Cara and Julie for joining us this evening. Absolutely fantastic. Thank As you always... For you're going well you're going to have to come again you've just got to <laughs> no. come again you've got to keep on coming oh, but uh, we've you. run out of time i can't believe the time's gone so fast as always but time. even faster you've given us a lot to think about and i've i'm i'm going to have to whiz some things at, at twitter because fantastic i loved the 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 some of the slides you had really very thought-provoking especially the three good things that's what I'm taking away from my human <laughs> flourishing I want some flourishing <laughs> so uh, just to remind everybody um, the resources are available on the website and on Facebook on Friday 
Next week, we have maternity hour, 19th of January. That's on Wednesday, 7 to 8. And we've got the Debs team from NHS Lothian. So we've got Sharon Gilchrist and Caroline Buchan with us. Fantastic. Don't forget, though, we've also got added extra next week on the 18th, um, which is the Tuesday, the Maternity and Midwifery Spotlight, and that starts at 4pm. And we have the lovely Jackie Dunkley-Bent joining us. Um, and also we have Chirsten Hurley, uh, the Immunisation Publications Manager from the um, UK Health Security Agency, talking about vaccines and pregnancies, COVID-19, flu, pertussis and boosters, and also some... Uh, Sally Ashton May is joining us to talk about advanced clinical practice in midwifery. So it's going to be a really good little slot next week. It's an hour and a half, so it's not too long and very it'll be very enjoyable, whatever. So um, in the meantime, I'll just say a, another thank you to our wonderful speakers. Fantastic. Um, and in the meantime, and thank you to you for coming in and, and all the lovely questions and comments. Fantastic. In the meantime, to stay safe, stay well, look after yourselves and all your loved ones. Make sure you get your boosters if you haven't had them. And we'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Thank you for joining us for the Maternity and Midwifery Hour. This podcast has been made possible by the team at Maternity and Midwifery Forum and our CPD partners, Matflix. You can sign up at matflix.co.uk. This episode was edited and produced by Catherine Stewart of the Narrowcast Media Group.